I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Where did this ferocious determination come from? The media. Every one of them wrote us off. This is Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner GAA podcast. Hello there and welcome to our first Paper Talk GAA podcast of 2018. It's hard to believe we are still only in January given the number of talking points generated by the opening weekend of league action in both hurling and football. To sift through it all we are joined on the line today by our All-Ireland winning columnists John Divley and Anthony Daly. Let's begin with football and before we hear from John we'll hear the thoughts of Dublin manager Jim Gavin who has questioned the early start of this year's league. Would not be uh, not be satisfied with, with um, the lack of, of clinical play there that could uh, that potentially could have hurt us, and um, you know it, it, it does give us something to take away. And I wouldn't use the um, I wouldn't use uh, just been back two weeks as an excuse. It's, uh, you cannot, you're either clinical or you're not, and that just wasn't good enough. We uh, tried to pick a, uh, you know players, a very skillful uh, set of players, and um, they certainly have the skill set. It's just that that attention piece, and uh, we'll certainly go after that in training. I've said it before. I don't. I don't understand why we play football in, in January. You know, the players should be with the clubs. From if I, that's the way I'd see it. Uh, we, we, we just play seven games in the league, so it should take seven weeks. It shouldn't take. Uh, we play three games, take a break of two weeks, and play another two, and take another break of two weeks, and play another two. And just to me, it doesn't make sense. I know there's some might say there's reason behind it. Um, and in terms of the championship, you know, our focus on the first game. And that's we don't see any difference in how we will approach the championship. We just got to get over that game and. That's where our focus will shift after the National League. Now, John, you were in uh, Crow Park on Saturday night for uh, another Dublin win. Uh, are they still as far away from the chasing pack as they were last September? Well, they played extremely well in the second half and um, they just nailed nailed everything that moved, you know. Um, I was really impressed with them, as I did always be impressed with them. Kildare, it was really a performance like the Leinster final where Kildare started very brightly, faded, and then came back into it towards the end to put a bit of glass on the scoreboard. So, I mean, Dublin were hungry with the new guys that came in. Uh, Brian Howard, Nigel Scully were excellent on the wings. Kieran Kilkenny was given the freedom of the park. So once he's allowed to roam and beat playmaker, he causes damage inside. So, I mean... Um, I expected a little bit more of Kildare. I thought they would have learned um, from the Leinster final defeat and they would have tried to correct some things. Now, they did try to do it, but not consistently. Um, so they have a lot of learning to, you know, for their Leinster championship, I suppose, really. Just in relation to that point there, John, regarding Kieran Kilkenny being allowed roam free, was that a naivety or was it a tactical decision on Kildare's part? I'd say it was tactical because Owen Doyle, their captain, has normally holds the centre-back position. He's done that in all the Leinster Championship campaign last year. And he did it quite effectively, um, you know, against Mead and, and other teams. But, you know, you just cannot let Kilkenny roam free in, in, in Crow Park. He, he, he just sets everything up. And, you know, he's so... 
on the ball, so commanding on the ball, and he's his head up at all times, and he's just waiting for that little incisive runner to go on his shoulder, and he gives it. You cannot allow him to do that. I mean, we, we all saw what Lee Keegan did to him last year in the final, where he couldn't, you know, he couldn't um, influence the game as much as he'd like. Mm. Now, Dublin scored two goals, but uh, Jim Gavin was bemoaning the missed opportunities after the game. It, it could have been a bloodbath. Well, they had two very good goal chances just before the two goals went in. Um, but who um, uh, missed the two goals? Uh, Rock missed one. He blazed one wide. And um, I can't remember the other one at the moment. But, um, you know, they sort of had two onion bags definitely before the two that went in. And then the two that they took were excellent, excellent shots um, in comparison to Kildare's. Kildare could have had one or two goals in the first half, but they were blazed over the bar. Okay, the uh, injury to Kevin Feely, uh, from reading Keane O'Neill's quotes this morning, seemed to suggest that it wasn't by accident that he was uh, he was removed from the action. Well, I mean, I was there on Saturday night and I didn't see see anything, you know, that warranted any, you know, special yellow cards, black cards um, at all on Kevin Feely. Like, there was a little bit of rough and tumble at times that the normal um, league clashes that you'd expect. So I didn't see that. Um, no, I I thought it was unusual, all right, that he was being moved into full forward because to me that just showed that was, you know, it was the last throw of the dice for Kildare moving him in there. So obviously he picked up some niggle, uh, whether it was in his head or in his calf, but... Uh, he, um, look, Mark Donnellan's kickouts, you know, is something he needs to work on because definitely Kildare play, they, they bring their two big men on Saturday night, it was Feely and Luke Flynn, they bring them close together, and Brian Fenton just stood on the two of them, McCauley stayed in his own position, so Dublin marked all Kildare's kickouts zonally, and it worked for them for a lot of times. So I'm surprised that Kildare, you know, haven't tried something different with their kickouts because they have a lot of big men. You know, Fergal Conway and Paul Cribben can catch balls. So I think they really need to start spreading their four big men out across the whole pitch. So at least that's spreading Dublin out and it gives a one-on-one situation rather than, you know, um, two-on-two situation. Okay, we'll turn our attention to uh, Sunday afternoon. We'll head down to Killarney, Kerry against Donegal. All, All the talk... Uh, beforehand, John was about uh, David Clifford and his step up from minor. Uh, played obviously wasn't the the shining light, but uh, did did quite an impressive job all the same. Yeah, and I think it was a, it was a good move by him and Fitzmaurice to play him. You know, start him, get it over and done with. Now you know there won't be as much focus on him coming into games as 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 there was last weekend. So I think it was the right call by him to do it. Look, he did fine. He got his hands on a couple of balls. He set up a few scores. Um, I mean, I don't know what, what more people want him to do in, in his first national league game. Um, so I'd be quite happy if one of my forwards set up a lot of scores and was involved and looking to be involved in the play. So, um, yeah, I thought he did quite well for, for, his, for his opening game. I mean, it was a tough game. Uh, conditions were heavy, obviously, as, as all other pitches across the country. So he'd be glad this morning that he's come through it. Fitzmaurice though must be very happy John with the number of young lads that he's brought on given the criticism especially that he and the management team uh, took after last year's defeat to Mayo in the uh, semi-final replay Yeah he'd be extremely happy um, on a couple of fronts one to get the two 
points, um, you know, to, to win at home. It's, it's really important that you sit mark your stone when you're playing at home and you make it a fortress so no, no way team can come in and take points off you. And three, you try down a load of players. And, uh, well, you know, defensively, they won't be happy to concede the big score against Donegal. And Donegal were obviously playing with 14 men for a lot of the game. Uh, he'd be really happy that he got to blood a, a couple of, you know, a couple of players throughout the park. Um, and John O'Shea played well. And, you know, Barry Silva got a, got a good run down the middle of the field and, and Foley in, in the half back line. So, I mean, I think it's as far as we delighted this morning to, uh, get up and running and a lot of, a lot of newcomers have a lot of, um, league minutes under the belt already. How important, John, is it uh, for, for a manager to have that opening day win as you're looking at such a compacted league and obviously the fear of relegation? It's very important, um, really, really important. Now and um, every game, every weekend from here on in is, is a downfall, um, I suppose, really, for want of a better word. It's really hard, you know, to, to go away from home and get the points. So, you know, you want... You know, if you want to, you'd be looking ahead and you'd say the three home league games that I have, or if it's four in Kerry's case, you know, this is, if we can guarantee that we nail these eight points on, you know, we're safe and we could be in a league final. Um, and I mean, the big guys going into training on Tuesday night with a bounce in their step to come through a hard, hard game um, and, and get them ready. So the flip side is, you know, you look at Tyrone having traveled to two yesterday. A long journey would have went down the day before, stayed the night, and going back empty-handed, having played really, really below Tyrone standards. So they have a lot of head scratching to do this week. Donegal can be happy with their performance, and I think Donegal will have a pep in their step, even after losing yesterday, because they know they were very, very near. They know they played the game with 14 players most of it, and uh, they relish is going to be coming up there next weekend um, to push Carry, to carry defeat out of the way, number one, and number two, because Galway have done a good thumping in the championship last in the conference. Were you surprised by Galway's win yesterday? Uh, Be honest. Not, su- not surprised, but um, I, I, I thought, you know, to be honest, I thought it was going to be a more open game of football because I thought Nicky Hart this year was going to start playing a little bit more responsive with Steve O'Neill in the back of the team. Um, so I was surprised that it was such a low-scoring game. I know conditions were bad, but I mean, uh, Galway definitely retreated. And I, I wasn't there, but from talking to a, a few people that were at it, they said once Galway got a couple of scores, they, they did retreat into their shell. You can't do that. Like I mean, the best form of attack is of, of defence is attack. Like you know, keep going at them. So definitely, two points is very, very welcome. And Kevin, you know, would have picked your hand after two points yesterday. Um, so that is very welcome, um, but we just we need to bring it up the notch now because, as I said, Donegal, you know, kicked a big score yesterday, so we have to be ready for uh, a bit of a Donegal backlash next weekend. The the performance of of Damien Comer though must be worth a, a mention from from you, John. Yeah, well, Damien's been playing well the last two or three years. To be fair to him, I mean, he's, he's a sturdy young guy. I think he's twenty four. He's he's been named as the captain. And um, so you know, he's an extra pep in his step, I suppose, going into yesterday. And he wants to lead the troops first Division One game in two and seven or eight years. 
Uh, and also, he's playing very well in serious football at the moment as well. So he's an experienced player. He's on form at the moment. And, I mean, we have some exciting you know, players like Shane Welch and himself. It was great to see Peter Cook getting a start yesterday in the middle of the field with, with Paul Conroy. And obviously, um, you know, Sean Andy Kelly is, is, has been talked about for the last... For the last seven or eight months, when was he going to get his call up? He got it and the ball constantly played well. Uh, we're still a little bit uh, suspect in goal. I, I, I know some of the kickouts yesterday didn't go to plan. So that's an area where we need to work on. Um, but yeah, it was a good workman-like performance. And you could probably see Paddy Tally's influence. Paddy, the former Tyrone trainer, down trainer, is all like Kevin. And, you know, he'd bring a lot of tackling techniques and work ethic maybe to some of the goalie players that they, they might have experienced before. So, you know, it, 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 it was important to get to two points um, because, you know, we might need six points to survive, you know, so at least we have two of them got now straight away. Are, are there many of the under-21 team from last year making the step up into that senior side? Yeah, there's a few that, that, that are in the panel. He, he has about... Um, eight or nine guys in the panel. Desi Keneally is there, the car forward. Um, Maher is there, Darcy is there, Kelly is there. So there is there is quite a sprinkling of them there. And it, it, I suppose it's just hard to give them all game time on, on the one day. So uh, I'm sure Kevin will you know look to um, will look to maybe introduce the one or two next week and um, next Sunday. Uh, a lot of them under 21 guys. Um, will be playing Sigerson, so if they're playing this week, he might, you know, he might ease off uh, next weekend and play the following weekend. But he's got, he's got a couple of weeks to play with them, and obviously then, you know, um, he has a decision to make who he brings up uh, to the senior panel for good, and who he, he, he lets stay down with the under-20 panel. Okay, another good win for Mayo. Usually very sluggish at the start of the league in the last couple of seasons, but uh, got out of jail somewhat in St. Hernan's Park. Very much so, yeah. Definitely got out of jail, but they'll be so happy this morning in Mayo because, you know, we've all seen their league form in the last few years. It's been poor because, naturally enough, um, the disappointment of the September defeats, it takes them a while to get going again. But um, he played, you know, a lot of, you know, okay, well, we know their names. There were still a lot of fringe players on the panel that got game time yesterday. And they, you know, they eke out that, that, that win and I know some of the modern guys today are a little bit disappointed the feel they should have had a free at the end themselves. But that, that win to Mayo was like a 10-point victory, you know, on the road, um, getting on the right side of a, of a tough of a tough game for a change. Um, they'll be really happy today. And, um, you know, Evan Regan seemed to score a good bit yesterday and Douglas. So, you know, these are the, these are the players that that Stephen Rocher will be looking for uh, towards the championship to make a difference. You had a very interesting statistic in your excellent piece in today's Irish Examiner. Of the 32 counties in action at the weekend, 22 scored goals. Why did we see so many goals? I think, you know, the black card is really um, one of the main reasons because a defender has to really think twice. If a forward has taken a man and he goes around him, you know, does he stop him? Does he try and turn on his heels and, you know, get to him as quick as he can? Um, or does he pull him down? And if he pulls him down, nine times out of ten, it's a black card. Um, and I think forwards now know that and are being coached that way. You'd like to think they're being coached that way to take their men on and, and go for it. Because if he does pull you back, you're going to get a free. And if he doesn't, you could be in on goal. So I do think um, that's, 
you know, forwards are starting to uh, enjoy the black card um, being introduced because they know they have real chances here of, of, of scoring goals. And look, there's you know, the reason is there's a lot of great finishers out there. I mean, in 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 um, every team, there's at least one or two very good finishers. And uh, you know, we saw some cracking goals at the weekend. The Tipperary lads, you know, great goals and. Um, the Dublin lads, obviously, on, on, on Saturday night. Um, and then Seamus Quigley banging a few in. Damien Comer's goal yesterday. There was two, there was three, two, I know there was a couple of goals in the Hyde Park, but there was uh, Keane O'Sullivan's um, and um, Sean Malouli's were exceptional goals by all accounts. So, you know, it's good to see and it makes, it makes the games, you know, lively. And that's what we want to see. Okay, we want to zone in on one of the games in uh, Division 2, and that was the clash of uh, Tipperary and Cork. Before we get your thoughts on that game, John, we're going to hear from uh, Tipperary manager Liam Cairns. Now, their victory over Cork may have shocked the pundits, but it came as no surprise to the Tipperary boss. Yeah, I was happy with them when we got in front that we had to, you know, we had to retain possession um, and a couple of times and they did do that. They ran down the clock pretty well when we when we were in a commanding enough position. But they're, look, they're getting more experience now and you'd expect that. I mean, let's be honest, Cork mugged us here um, in Parky Rain last year when we got a goal and uh, it was juvenile by us to leave them go straight up the field and stick it in the back of our net, even though we did something similar tonight as well, but it wasn't as crucial maybe. But um, yeah, look, they're learning and uh, they're getting more experience and the more you know, high-tempo games they play against the better opposition, I, I hope they'll, they'll improve all the time on that facet of the game. There looks like a sense in the team that there's a sense of belonging, belonging at this level that the players know now and they, they have that confidence and appreciate where they're at. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, they're, 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 you know, they're, they don't want... There's a few of them were, were here the last time Tipperary got to Division 2 and they were relegated. They got five points, but they went back down. And, um, you know, they know that they've got to perform when they're up here. And, uh, you know, we, we, we prepared well, as I said, for this game. And, you know, they, they, they wanted to prove that they, they deserve to be in Division 2. And, you know, our job... Our, goal is to consolidate in Division 2 and, and we'll, we'll hopefully we, we, you'll need 6 or 8 points to do that so we've got to win another 3 matches and that's not going to be easy, every game is tough in this division So John, yes, on, on that one were you one of those pundits expecting a Cork win? No, um, I wasn't I, I suppose I, I know the Tipperary guys, a lot of them I have I have a couple of them on my cigarettes Charlie Manson, while he's on the panel he was involved the 21th so, um, and Brendan Martin is also second year in UCD. He came on the late. So, Tipperary are, are, are a really exciting team. Um, they have, you know, Stephen O'Brien is, is going to add a lot around the middle of the field. He's, he's such a big, strong man. And he'll, you know, he's going to get better as, as the league progresses. Um, and I mean, they have a real platform around the middle third. They have really hard working forwards and Fox and Keane. And I mean, like Sweeney. You know, Quinlan, like both them guys were were Irish international rules guys. You know, but they're really, really good players. Um, so I wasn't surprised. I don't know enough about Cork, I suppose, to be honest, Tony. A couple of guys that I've seen playing with UCC who are good players, but you know, Lean Cairns is is um, Lean Cairns is is in his third year, I think, there, and I mean, he knows these guys inside out, and um, he's brought Pascal Keelan in with him to help and Pascal was a top class forward in Offaly so you know you get these forwards maybe get more scores in games than they might have racked up the previous year so uh, I think the Brary are definitely um, if if they don't you know pick up major injuries will challenge very hard for the Division 2 title 
And our thanks to John Dively for joining us on the line there. Now, before we hear from Anthony Daly, let's look back to Saturday night's Alliance League clash of Cork and Kilkenny and hear the thoughts of the managers, Brian Cody and John Myler. First off, Michael Moynihan caught up with the Kilkenny boss, who was pleased with the performance and gave an update on Richie Hogan's fitness. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's too much expected from our team this year by an awful lot of people. So um, I thought we were decent tonight. We have a lot of um, players just getting a bit of experience in that. And a lot of players, you know, we used a lot of players from the bench as well tonight. So look, it's, it's early days, but, you know, the league is hugely competitive. It's going to be very, very difficult for us in the league. We have Clare next week. But great games to be getting again. We just push on from tonight and we, we'll see what happens next week. I expect like more of tonight, to be honest about it. Competitiveness, genuineness, honesty, great spirit. Good work, good work um, ethic as well, and I think all of those things were, were, were apparent tonight, and that's the starting point tonight, obviously, and we try and, and try and build on that. Um, Richie Hogan is he? He's making good progress. Yeah. He's in training. He's done really no match time or kind of from a training point of view on the, in a hurling sense yet. But he has come on well, and it's it's he's progressing very well with rehab and that, and we're hoping you know Richie will will get there. Next up, Cock boss John Myler spoke to Peter McNamara. We weren't that sharp in the first half. I thought we were sloppy. We we had eight turnovers compared to Kilkenny's two at half time. Once we cut out the unforced errors and and you know come out with the ball there in the second half and we played the ball up to the lads up in the forwards, we were much more competitive. But look, that that will come. Delighted with 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 the guys and Shane Kingston got some critical scores there and you know Luke Mead came on. Um, so look, they need to step up to the next level. You know, the, the the younger lads then that started tonight their first game, they've been in the panel for the last year. They've stepped up to level one and, you know, it's it's it's, it's a learning curve for a lot of them. Tim O'Mahony, Sean O'Donoghue, Robbie Jack O'Connor. But look, they showed tonight they're capable of it. The older lads like Connor and Patrick Horgan and Nash, and they've, give conf- they've given confidence to the younger players to go out and express themselves, to go out and play. And Robbie O'Flynn, Tim O'Mahony, we knew what was in them. They gave us a performance, and we're delighted Jack O'Connor came on. You know, but you, we played the youth last year. We'll continue to play the youth this year, and that's the way we'll go forward. Okay, so Anthony, uh, there we just heard uh, Brian Cody talking about uh, an unusual situation, I suppose, for Brian Cody. No one giving Kilkenny much of a chance this season, uh, starting the mind games early? Uh, a little bit of that, I, I suppose, uh, Cullen, but there's a, a reality there too, I, I guess. Um, we were only talking about it last night, that, you know, uh, with Paul Murphy and, and Cullen Finley being away till... Uh, April as well. That that's a real difficulty, you know, because how bad? I mean, other years they were able to, you know, have lads missing and, and that kind of thing, and they still had massive strength and depth. But now it's really been felt the loss of the two lads, and uh, you know how much will they have done coming into the Leinster Championship as well, which is a real concern because Richie Hogan has had a fairly serious surgery over the winter, and uh, I know he's back uh, doing a bit, but you know how ready will he be? So. There is, look at I, and I kind of highlighted maybe that defensively, I think that's that's where they're in a bit of trouble. I mean, you saw what Parry Quadrich could do when he stormed up the field with that ball Saturday night. Uh, just a magnificent score, Buckley, with three brilliant scores. Hopefully, he's fully recovered. Um, it looked at a you know, heavy collision, but I believe it, it might be concussion more than you know a broken collarbone or anything like that, which you'd have been afraid of. And... Um, so, but I, yeah, Parry Qualish, you'd look to see him at five, probably. And But then who's going to play in the full-back time? Paddy Deegan, like was midfield last year, he's cornerback. Seem to be short of options, to be honest. And I know there's some people 
maybe saying it's time for change there, but I kind of admire Brian. Like it would have been very easy for Brian to walk away with all he has won column and you know, who he'll never be questioned anyway with, with, with Ten All Ireland's one as a manager. Um but you know, I mean the the difficult bit probably is staying on there and trying to help with remoulding a team. And certainly on Saturday night there were signs of the old traits being there of the, the desperate work rate up front. Um now just some of the striking I would say wasn't what we would have been used to. But sure look who produces as you know like Eddie Brennan and Henry and Peggy Richie Power, Richie Hogan, you know, when they go, obviously, um, very hard on luck and all of these brilliant players, and they're only the forwards I'm talking about. So, yeah, tough times, I'd say. Well, they'll still, they'll still be hard beef, you, you'll be sure of that, but uh, it's hard to see him win in Ireland. If he, certainly if he does, I think it'll be the greatest thing he's ever done as a manager. Okay, should should Cork have, have won by more, uh, Anthony? Yeah, well, I, I just felt Cork were uh, lacking a bit of intensity in the first half. And I didn't think the first half was, was uh, too hectic, to be honest. That was a lot of loose hurling. You only have to look at probably Robbie O'Flynn. I think got two points swing forward. His men got three wing back, you know. Um, your 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 air, air sport colleague, uh, Tommy Walsh, might uh, disagree with his analysis in the first half. Yeah, I... I <laughs> It's just, uh, whatever he's on, we all want a bit of it anyway. Uh, Asher Tommy is just infectious. He's just, I think if it was three goals in out the back garden and Tommy was commentating, I tell you, <laughs> if he ever gets an epic, epic anyway, he'd go out to the roof of the stand. I tell you that. But uh, no, he's sure he's great. His enthusiasm for the team is incredible. Like, you know, when Parry got the point, I think he, <laughs> he, nearly came, he nearly did come up in the stand. Uh, no, um, but no, I I I agree. I agree with your point, Anthony. It was it was a bit sluggish and and uh, you know slow going in, in the first half. But you you made the point in your column today just about the pitch and the surface. And I definitely think in that opening half that players were were struggling to get accustomed to it. Ah, uh, yeah. You, you look at it, the likes of an Alan Cadigan there, like you know he'd want the ball hopping and be able to you know straight into the hand and a quick swivel and gone. I mean, there was going to be none of that the way the pitch caught up and, you know, the football began before it didn't help. But obviously, there's still a few issues there. The old park you keep, you know, many great days during the summer and, and many days that I loved as a defender in the winter as well when it was nice and slow and boggy. <laughs> uh, so, I think, you know, there's still a few issues there down by the river. Uh, so, yeah, I think they'd be very anxious to... to um, have it a hundred percent for the clear game in the championship, which is the first one there. And uh you might even see them playing their other home league game in, in, in Parky Ring now. I don't know it's probably fixed for Parky Key, but I think they, they might make a call on that to have it a hundred percent for possibly big football game as well later on in the year. And um you know they will have they will have definitely a couple of hurling championship matches there and maybe possibility of a monster final or whatever. So they'll want to tip top for those Days, but uh, yeah, it was a good occasion as well. That Saturday night, sixteen thousand really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a fabulous stadium. I have to give everyone credit on that. It's it's lovely to go there. Um, but the pitch definitely. Uh, we've had a kind of an unreal amount of rain as well, Colin. You know, in the last uh, three weeks or so. So you know, it, it did cut up and it it was more difficult. But we got great idea. Whatever John Myler said at halftime, Cork came out with more more bite and uh, yeah, that, that more was... intensity in the second half and. 
I thought that saw them home. Albeit, you know, when Kelly Buckley got the injury, he was held up for six or seven minutes and it was level. And, you know, it was eight minutes injury time, really, where they did the, the, the bit of damage. But, um, yeah, they'd be delighted to get off that win and start uh, in the stadium with Twitter. Were you surprised by uh, Dublin's performance against Offaly on Saturday night? Yeah, well, I don't think any of us were as surprised um, when we saw the Dublin team named. Now, you know, we're, you know, when you're writing the column for, for Saturday, uh, Colum, it, you know, you're doing a lot of your work on, on the Thursday, and now the teams are not naming their teams really late Friday night, which, you know, you're on to me to get the piece in a lot sooner than that. So, <laughs> and we well, have it's, to. It's all my so fault. We are, we're speculating on results and that kind of thing, not knowing to make up of teams and. But, um, yeah, when I saw the Dublin team named, I wasn't any bit as confident as I would have been earlier in the week. Uh, and then you had to factor in that there was very good reports coming from Offaly that Kevin Martin was taking a no, absolute no bullshit kind of policy there. You either toe the line or you don't be involved. And uh, um, they were looked really fit. And everyone was talking about the Watch Cup game against the Kenny as well, where they, they ran the Kenny to a goal, I think. And so... Yeah, there was danger signs, and I think there was a few pounds on the Offaly lads and the handicap as well, you know. Uh, and I don't know, did Pat take them for granted uh, with the team he named? But probably that's the team that they went with mostly in the Welsh Cup, and uh, he stuck with those. But there was an awful lot of inexperience, uh, particularly in defence, I suppose, uh, save for maybe Chris Crummy, Shane Barrett, to a lesser extent. But, and they were exposed, I suppose, uh, for that. But Offaly just looked bigger men and... Uh, looked hungrier and the hurling looked good as well so yeah like I mean it, it's great times for Offaly for Dublin it's a bit worrying having to go up to Dunline out the weekend and Antrim having played so well against Galway will be buoyed up and like if Dublin don't win that one um, or certainly if they're beaten um, they'll be looking at maybe not making a quarter final I think which would be a blow to them because probably when you're building a new squad like Pat is you could do with that Walsh Park and Watford, Wexford, yeah. massive uh, crowd there. I, I, would it be fair to say, Anthony, Wexford's run through the um, the Walsh Cup w- was the difference here? Yeah, I, I, I'd say probably the critical difference and, and Watford having lifted enough done really um, not long back at it, I think. And um, yeah, look at a lot. A lot of people have commented on it as well. Like, it, you know, Derek making no change in the 75 minutes is, is a weird one when you're losing at home by seven points and they were down. They were down more at certain stages in it. So, yeah, like, I, I, probably different priorities. And look at Davy being Davy. He doesn't want to lose any. Davy wouldn't want to lose a game of pitch and putt like you know. So he, he's just uh, he, he's fanatical. That I, 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 I recall one of the a memory from years and years ago. Being in, in Thailand on on a clear holiday, and himself and Jamesy being the only two teetotalers on the trip, and. Uh, um, Playing, playing five sets of tennis, I think, in 37 degrees heat. Um, and both of them winded up in bed for two days with sunstroke and heat exhaustion, you know, because neither wanted to lose, you know. So, um, Davy, Davy will want to win every game. And I think Wexford could actually have a say and maybe Racklin winning it out, you know. And uh, that was a big win for them yesterday on the back of the Walsh Cup. And uh, they'll be delighted with that. I think Derek won't be too worried. And I think a lot, honestly, Colm, a bit of the worry about going down to 1B um, is not as, as as heavy as it was two, three years ago because especially this year with the change, the, the championship is on a league basis as well, sort of in Munster and Leinster. And, uh, 
you know, the last three winners coming out of 1B as well. And uh, you even look at Galway playing probably very poorly yesterday, but you know, still picked up the two points and probably have a stronger outfit out next week. And then we'll still cruise into the quarterfinal, you'd imagine. So, yeah, I think Derek probably not as upset, but great. You have to give the awful kudos to Wexford. Uh, things going very well and, you know, the start of the game had to be delayed and everything. And, um, you know, that was the Wexford support again, like we saw in the Leinster final, record, record numbers. And they're just so thirsty for some success. Uh, and they're delighted with the way things are going. And, and, you know, David Dunn really, you know, back to full health and everything and scoring two great goals yesterday. I mean, the pace of the guy is incredible. He could be that extra ingredient this year that they maybe lacked a little last year up front. So, yeah, they'll be full of hope. You mentioned Davy's desire to win there, Anthony. I think every time Clare faced Tipperary, whatever the sport, Clare want to win as well. So huge kudos to, to all concerned for that result yesterday. Absolutely. Um, and as I needed to win in the week coming up, to, to be honest, we've only two home league games. And the lads, I think, you know, uh, were under a bit of pressure. I suppose last year, look, it's their first year taking over from Davy there for five, six years. And, um, you know, so they, like everyone realising it's a huge step up from being the underage manager, be it minor 21, to senior and the lads, you know, learning their, their, their trade at this level. And But there was a feeling that we needed to, to start kicking on now again and uh, starting off with a statement maybe right from the get-go. And certainly big credit to boys, uh, you know, they lined up with a very solid team, no debutants, you know, fierce experience around the team. Um few eyebrows with Donald Tui getting back into goal, but he played really well. And it's one of the Bs in my bonnet is that we need to settle a goalie pick with three or four, and they're very good. And uh, Just settle on one, and, and, and I hope to do that. Or you, maybe you have to give somebody one league game, you know, to just keep them sharp and all that. But um, I, I think we need to settle on a keeper. I think it's very important for your football backline. They did very well yesterday. If you look at the tip forwards, I know now... To be fair to Michael Ryan, he did experiment much more than Clare did. Um, certainly leaving off John McGrath, you know, uh, one, if not the best corner forward in Ireland, left off Dan McCormack, Brendan Maher, um, Michael Breen, all fellas who, you know, probably would be starters, you know, or left them off. And Noel McGrath would be the only forward to up to scratch. I think he got four from Clare. Uh, the other five, I think, played second fiddle, including Bonner in the corner, which is another experiment, you know. So, I suppose, even listening to Michael Ryan last night, you know, he said it was a great workout. You don't often hear after a, a, a fairly high-intensity league game and then a big crowd that a fellow would describe it after losing as a great workout. So, yeah, but he's conscious they have probably the three home games and... Uh, you know, they get pick up, you know, five points along the way there somewhere and he'd be happy enough if they could find. Certainly, I was very impressed with Alan Flynn, uh, a cornerback, and I thought midfield against Kelly and, and Galvin, which most people in Clare would feel is Clare's best midfield. They, they were the best underage midfield we produced in years and years. And uh, I thought Barrett and, and Ronan Maher probably just swayed it there, um, even though the boys had their moments as well. But, yeah, look, overall, a, a great start to the year now for... Uh, for Donal and Jerry and for the lads and I think that that was important for Clare some league matches are more important for other teams you know I certainly always felt that under Gerlach Nairn as well that there was certain needed to be made and you know albeit it was tight coming down the stretch but Clare showed great bottle uh, touch in on Donald in particular even though he didn't score 
when when they had him up the field, I thought he started off too deep with a kind of a policy of Peter Duggan and Conor McGraw up front on their own and Conor didn't really get much change off Alan Flynn. But then when they moved O'Donnell up, he really got onto the ball and laid it off superbly for the likes of Cahill Malone, who made a huge statement, four points, and uh, David Reedy, and they, they did the damage then. And, you know, So, yeah, good start for Clare and good start for, um, you know, you didn't think that Kilkenny, Tip and Waterford would be pointless <laughs> straight away, but yeah, that's I suppose that's what we went for on Saturday. So for one for one week at least we got it right. We'll frame that one. Were you surprised by the the lack of goals across the top flight divisions, Anthony? When when you look at the amount, actually, ironically, in football last weekend, uh, there was there was nearly two or three goals in every game versus the uh, the hurling matches. Yeah, it didn't take a whole play to notice the football just the scores, and there seemed to be a bit of a free for all. Especially in Killarney, I think it was mad stuff. Um, uh, and, and Cork and Tip as well. I saw a bit of that being in. Being in I saw the second half of being in Parky Tip. And, um, yeah, I, I, certainly Tip didn't create a single goal chance. Uh, Donald too, he, he handled very well. Uh, made one particularly great catch right at the depth uh, under a bit of pressure. But he didn't have a save to make, really. He didn't, didn't threaten any goal uh, at all. And Clare really only had another kind of a half chance before the goal which came in injury time. Yeah, that was that was surprising. Um, I thought the refereeing was quite different from being in Parky Keeve, I thought. Um, no, there was a nice few goal chances in Parky Keeve. I mean, Patrick Collins made a brilliant save and Owen Murphy made two brilliant saves. Do you know what I saw? You would say there was a few chances in that, but I thought Fergal Horgan and Alan Kelly, the refereeing was a fair bit different. Uh, Alan seemed an awful lot more strict than Innes in better conditions than Fergal did in Parky Keeve in poor conditions. So, yeah, I thought that didn't maybe lend to, uh, you know, Watford maybe don't score an awful lot of goals anyway. Um, Wexford got two very good goals. So, yeah, it was a bit surprising overall. Um, tip, especially who we associate with creating goal chances, but, you know, look, Gerard Brown, not long out a minor, a brilliant minor. Now I thought I, a fella. I think he will a huge future. You know, big day for him thrown in there. And uh, Bonner didn't really work out in the corner. Jack Brown did well on him, and Connor Kinney and John Curran didn't really fire either. So, yeah, look, look. Normally, if John McGrath is inside in the corner, he every time he gets the ball, he goes for a goal. So, like, look, Tip didn't it didn't work for them yesterday, but they will deliver more chances, and maybe it's a sign of where Kinney are at the lack of goal chances and um, yeah, maybe the defenders are taking the safe option too and giving the drag back and maybe uh, taking the yellow if, if needs be and, and, and accept the points being scored by the free taker rather than conceding the goal. And thanks indeed to Anthony Daly for his thoughts there. Well, that's it for this week's edition, our first one of uh, 2018. Our thanks to John Dively and to Anthony Daly. We're back again, same time, same place next Monday. Hopefully we'll have your company for that. And don't forget, you can check us out on SoundCloud, on iTunes and on irishexaminer.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.